0: fantasy violence, and adult language. Content warnings can be found in the episode description.
1: Do any of you have a... Either New Year's tradition or do you like make resolutions or like new goals or I don't know, like the tradition behind it's a new year, everything's going to change. Do you have anything that you do?
3: I like the smooch at midnight. Sure. I like that anytime.
1: (laughs)
2: Somebody's going to catch these lips. (laughs) (laughs) No, I just
0: mean like starting out the new year with a smooch is, is a nice sentiment, I think.
3: I do a tarot spread for the new year on the 31st. Just as like last year in summary and then just kind of like what the intention is for the new year. I do one on New Year's and I do one on my birthday.
2: Mm. I like that a tarot spread could refer to cards or like a dip of
1: some sort. (laughs) Oh, I was thinking it might be a move in one of your routines.
3: Uh, (laughs) That's every Saturday night.
1: (laughs) I don't have anything I was just curious. My grandpa always did um, cabbage. Corned beef and cabbage? Yeah, corned beef and cabbage. That's solid, yeah.
3: I'm about to be part of a new New Year's Eve tradition. Uh, I'm spending New Year's Eve with my partner's family and their younger sister, her birthday is on New Year's Eve. And so for New Year's Eve, they always have fondue to celebrate for the birthday, so
2: that's fun. I've heard of fondue as the New Year's Eve tradition also. Hmm. I just, I don't like being like, let's make a tradition. That's not, see, that I
1: don't like that mentality of traditions. As opposed to something just happens and you're like, this is great, let's keep doing it. Yeah,
2: if you do something and then the next year you're like, we should do that again. That was nice. And then it organically becomes a tradition. That's cool. But I've never really had that.
1: How many do you think you have to like want to have done it three times before you can be like, okay, this is our tradition now?
2: I feel like the third time you do it, yes. You can be like, this is a tradition. I could consider this a tradition.
0: I don't really do like a resolution, but I like to kind of make a list of like- are some events i'd like to hit this year Mm. not like oh i'm gonna build a habit or something but like i'm gonna go to this place or like i'm gonna you know finally go to this museum that i've been talking about for three years like this is the year that i'm gonna do this thing i keep talking about Hmm.
2: i like to set a really really achievable resolution Mm -hmm. like i'm like i'm gonna eat a cheesy gordita crunch this year (laughs) nice and i don't have to think about it but when i do it just incidentally
1: then i'll remember and i'll be like oh Resolution achieved. And you get a second as a reward for <laughs> achieving your He resolution. thinks about
0: that, leaves the house, goes and eats a Gritty to Crunch, and then is like, all right, you're, you're achieved. <laughs> you're accomplished. <laughs> I won this year. Great. I can sit back for another 11 and a half months until I have to worry about anything else again.
2: Post <laughs> on my laurels. <laughs> 11 months, 30 days, and <laughs> 23 hours, and 31 minutes. <laughs>
0: Thank you, Taco Bell, for being open late night.
1: (laughs) So we're recording this intro a couple of weeks early because we're obviously not recording through the holidays. This worked out pretty well for Halloween. Does anybody have uh, a prediction of what's going to happen at the stroke of midnight on New Year's Eve?
2: At the stroke of midnight or like
1: by the end of the year? I was thinking like some event, but by the end of the year.
2: I think
4: Y2K is finally going to catch up to (laughs) us. Oh.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And laying in wait for twenty three, <laughs> well, twenty four years. yeah
4: it's not a good prediction.
0: Mm. But I, I feel like our furnace is going to give out. <laughs>
1: oh no!
0: It's already begun. Are you going
1: to be celebrating in the cold? Is that what you are saying?
0: Celebrating is one way to put it. <laughs> Slowly freezing to death might be another.
1: <laughs> I think news will break
2: that they have successfully cloned a dinosaur. Oh mm. my god! I hope that one happens. And I think that at Midnight, when Y2K catches up to us, all the containment units will fail. (laughs) Oh, no! And Jurassic Park will happen.
1: I saw a thing about how the hair doesn't show up in fossils. And they're like, so there's a good chance this is what dinosaurs look like. And it's just all dinosaurs with like long, wavy <laughs> blonde hair. There's no way to
3: not know that this was the truth. Yeah. Uh, I think that the pet sitter who will be watching Virgil for two weeks, Virgil will kill her. So apologies in advance, Sharon. <laughs> oh, Thank God. you for your sacrifice.
1: That's funny because mine is also uh, that I'm going to be killed by my three dogs. Um, <laughs> not on purpose but just like getting under my feet when I'm going down the stairs and stuff. They've made multiple attempts and they're getting better at it. So I think by the new year, I'll be dead at the bottom of the stairs. You went from not on purpose to sounding pretty fucking on purpose (laughs) real fast. Who's
3: organizing this? Is this Sadie? She sounds like the ringleader.
1: You know, if there is someone who's coming up with the idea, it's probably Sadie. Harvey's the one who keeps unintentionally doing it. (laughs) Because he's just old and blind and deaf and he's like, Listen, I gotta get down these stairs. I can't be pausing. <laughs> so if you're in my way, <laughs> that's your fault.
0: He's the scapegoat. He's yeah. the one that they put in. They put him in position so that it's his fault. Yeah. he's a scapegoat.
2: Every time they like harangue Harvey down the stairs, and you almost trip, but you both make it, and the camera zooms past you and shows Sadie <laughs> at the top of the stairs, and her eyes narrow. Like next time, gadget. <laughs> Tass, we find Ingrid leading you into the records room. I think the first thing that jumps out to you as you head in here is there are a handful of like automatons in here. This is a pretty large facility with like towering shelves, and there are little clockworks that look kind of like crews um, moving about. It seems like they are collecting things, putting things away, organizing files and volumes, um, and they don't seem to really pay you any mind. It doesn't seem like they're uh, they're on task you know like they've got a job to do and that's that's what they're programmed to do I um, and ingrid doesn't pay them much mind either as she walks in uh and she leads you to a fairly close shelf to the entrance and she's kind of like looking through titles of documents and you know whatever their version of the Dewey decimal system is <laughs> yeah and uh she whistles and uh one of these little automatons makes its way over towards her and uh she indicates like a section and a shelf way above you. And this little thing, its legs like telescope upwards and it gets very tall. Nice. And it reaches out and grabs a pretty substantial chunk of books, like an arm's width worth of books in one big grab and then comes back down uh, and runs them over to just a standing table uh, of which there are many in this room and sets them on top and then goes back to its job. And uh, Ingrid leads you over to that table this is just the data that we keep on ghost sightings, hauntings, any interactions with beings of the afterlife. There's a lot here. It might be hard to parse, but if there is a pattern, I'll bet it's in here.
4: This this is awesome. Thank you. I'll, I'll um probably be here for a minute, but I'd love to look through.
2: Let me know if you need anything.
4: Thank you so much. And I'm, I'm going to get to work. I'm going to pop open a book and start perusing.
2: All right. Uh, I'll give you an option here. You can either make a roll uh, and get some amount of information in a shorter time frame, um, or you cannot have to make a roll. You're just going to have to spend a lot of time to look through all this stuff uh, to get the info that you need.
4: Um, I As much as I hate to do it, I think I'm going to spend the time. I've, I've just recovered from a concussion. Uh, <laughs> I'm not feeling very confident in my ability to peruse
2: and find what I need, so I'm just going to put in the time. Okay, then I think ultimately we'll end up with all of you together here Um, because i think one by one as you finish your tasks and go to like reconvene and find each other the answer you get from Ingrid or cassidy or adelaide or any of the other iron striders is oh tass is in the library uh you know he's he's got a big stack of books he needs to be looking through and he's been taking his time and are all of you interested in helping in this endeavor like once you go find him is everybody hitting the books and trying to do research
3: yeah hell yeah yeah
2: okay uh, then the good news is this will cut down the amount of time you
1: need to spend. Yeah, and what's wild is that the four of us helping you research doesn't cut as as much as you'd think because one of us is slowing it down. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not cutting it by you know three fourths, which is weird. You're having to you're having to read your book and then
2: occasionally read
1: Rev's book. To Rev. <laughs> yeah. To me. That's the only way I can take in knowledge is by hearing it. Read me a story. Read me a story.
4: Um, well, yeah, as, as we're reading and like talking to each other about what everybody's learned, I think something that I would ask is like, oh, Hey, just, just in case I I wonder if I can track somebody down that has that picture, Kim drew to see if it's somebody that I would recognize.
2: Sure. Yeah. I mean, they had mentioned like, this would be one of the places they would bring it and they would consult some stuff. Um, so yeah, I think somebody comes through with that picture while you guys are doing research. Uh, but same deal. It, it is not anybody that any of you recognize. Okay. Uh, and the person who brought it through like, also collects some volumes from some shelves, and they set up at a nearby table uh, to do some research, see if they can't track down any information about this individual. Nice.
3: Nice. Holler if you find anything.
2: They give a thumbs up. So you all spend some hours going through the books. Um, I'm going to say roughly four total hours going through. And what you do notice is a pattern. Um Just a general increase in hauntings, ghost activity, souls that haven't moved on. And, you know, again, you don't know how long exactly Cam has been like this, but it does seem to start at a point in the past and ramp up consistently from there. As if when people are dying, they are not able to make their way to the actual afterlife. People are getting stuck.
4: Is it still intermittent though that it does seem like oh well this isn't happening everywhere all the time to everybody at this point or like has it built to that like is it now at a point like has it built so much that there's so many hauntings that we're not even sure if people move on at all or is it just it just seems like a higher
2: percentage good question i think you get the impression that nobody's moving on at all just not every ghost is apparent or hostile hmm Wow, okay. Are
4: you guys seeing this? And like I think it's just laying out all of these different passages and kind of showing these timelines. Like I don't I don't think anybody is getting through to whatever afterlife is here. Yeah, it almost seems like Cam's the ferryman.
3: He's a psychopomp.
4: I mean, I don't think we should resort to name-calling, but...
3: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I've heard of myriad winged creatures that serve that role. You know, whippoorwills, ravens, Hermes from Greek mythology. My mind didn't immediately leap to giant bat people, but yeah.
2: So I'm supposed to be escorting the dead?
3: It
0: seems that way. Nobody's moving on, and it all coincides with, you know, you losing your memory and being associated with death, but... Not really a malevolent force of death, it being natural. This is a natural part of the order that seems to be disrupted.
2: That's terrible. I don't know how to fix it, though. I don't like where do I go? What does that mean to escort somebody to the afterlife? I'm just here. I'm just in this building with all of you.
0: I assume that if you didn't have this corruption affecting you, you would just know it's it's part of who you are you would feel it and understand your path because it's your, I don't want to say job, but it's, it's part of who you are. So I think the answer is to help remove this force, this corruption that's taking away that knowledge from you.
1: Jumbo, what are your, I don't know, tales or beliefs or like, what's kind of the largely shared story of what happens when you die? Like in our world, there's Different tales of, uh, you know, a ferryman who takes you across the river or, you know, there's a a whole litany of ways to get to the afterlife. Do you have any stories like that?
2: Well, I think different groups of people have different thoughts on how it works. Uh, Some folks think that when you die, you're judged by your God and you either go to heaven or hell. I think some people believe that there are natural forces that whisk you away to be reincorporated into the world in a new way. I don't know that anybody rightly knows the truth of the matter. Me personally, I've always been of the get judged, go to the good place or go to the bad place mentality.
1: In that idea, when you die, how do you get to the place of judgment?
2: Oh, hell I don't know. Mm. I've always pictured it as your soul just kind of floats up from your body and it floats into the sky or maybe under the ground,
1: depending on which place Uh, Mm. you're going to. I don't think this makes things less complicated. It's also very possible, Cam, that Your physical form could also be part of the trap that was laid, like for Nash to get a hold of you and use you. You had to be something, you know, the headless horseman in this world. He's a little of both. It's always possible that maybe you were or are and just can't access it right now.
2: So I'm kind of anchored in one form and you think that might be like stopping me from experiencing or understanding
1: the other form? Yeah, I mean, we've got. Again, going back to mythology in our world, there's tons of stories about taking a a, a god or an entity or something and capturing it in another form so that it's easier to use and manipulate, and oftentimes that makes them forget things about themselves. And we think the solution to that is solve
2: the corruption.
3: I mean, there's always a chance if we put you in front of a ghost that, like, muscle memory would kick in.
2: Okay,
4: thinking about this in regards to the corruption, after... What you guys have found today, if the creation of the anvil had something to do with Nash, if he caused that to start whatever his process was, we would know that whatever's happening with Cam is was part of that, right?
1: Yeah, because all of the very haunted place that we have to go to next, all of the ghosts from the people who died in that mine are still there. It's, oh, it's super haunted.
4: Right. So if he wasn't doing his job then- that's at least tied in some way, or at least even if it wasn't Nash specifically that caused this, that was all happening at the same time.
0: Oh, okay. That that makes sense. Uh, I know Jumbo said that sightings for Cam go back at least five years, as far as he knows, uh, and I just want to like look around at this big collection of records, uh, and I want to talk to the automatons and try and track down some information on Cam sightings. Any more Batman sightings going back, well, as far as possible to see if they coincide with the creation of the anvil.
2: You flag down one of these automatons and feed it your prompt, and it scurries off. Uh, You lose sight of it pretty quick. It starts zigging and zagging through some of the shelves, and it comes back with a stack of books that seem largely unrelated, and they go way, way back. It seems like the oldest of these goes back like, As far as the Iron Striders have records, um, which from the timelines you've been presented with doesn't seem like all the way back to the origin of the anvil um, because the Iron Striders didn't exist then. You know, things had to develop on the anvil and the Iron Striders needed to form as a force over time. But there are sporadic mentions of a Batman in various sources just scattered throughout the centuries since the anvil went up. They're all from different people, they're in different locations, they are related to different events, but it does seem like he has been a documented constant for as long as they've been keeping records.
0: Oh boy, yeah, this this definitely goes back longer than five years, look at all this, from all over the place and spanning s- centuries. I look at Cam, you've been around for, for quite a while.
2: Okay, this might seem radical, and I'm not saying I necessarily like this idea, but it has occurred to me, and so I feel like I should put it out there. If I died, would it fix everything, or would it doom everything?
1: I don't know if it would reawaken you or not, just because of the ghosts being, like, I don't know what effect that would have. In a similar vein, myself, Kim, Megan, between the three of us, we know different methods of energy manipulation, mental, psychic, magical. What if we could, like, make a, like, a clean room? A small spot where we could put a bunch of wards up and rid that space of the corruption. Like, make a small space of clean magic to see if that would let him have some clarity. Like, if the corruption wasn't being sucked into him, if he had a clean space, uh-huh. maybe he could get his, his his thoughts back, even if just for a little bit.
0: I love it. Yeah, it wouldn't be a permanent fix, and as soon as he left, he'd probably go back to, well... I wonder if he left, would this start all over again and his memory would be wiped and we'd have to (laughs) explain to him who we were and everything from the beginning here. But
1: Yeah, I think that's going to happen regardless, unfortunately. At some point, I think Cam's going to reset. Oh, that's
4: a great question with like looking at these timelines and this like greater and greater concentration over time of ghosts. Do we think we have the timer? Like, is there a way to get an idea of if this happens like automatically at certain points or is it more like I don't know the image that comes to my head is volcanic activity that there's kind of a timer but it's random as opposed to it actually
2: being measurable I don't think there's any correlation there um, because it's not like he starts doing his job again when he resets right like he's still off track so you know at, at a point in the distant past he was knocked off course and stopped doing his task and he he hasn't been doing it since.
4: Got it, got it. So it is just literally the slow build of there are this many people in the world, and then as they as they pass, they stay. Uh, that was going to be kind of my other question that I guess I hadn't I hadn't asked, but had in my head was like, is there that measure of his memory is wiped, and then he comes back to himself after a certain amount of time, and then it fades away? But like if this is all clear now, that that just doesn't happen at all. That makes a lot more things click into place.
1: Yeah, it seems like his reset is a reset of what he has learned since the last reset goes away, not right. he gets anything back.
2: Right. Correct.
1: Um, And
2: I will also expand on, like, this swell of ghost and ghost activity. Also, just the longer this world has been becoming more dangerous and more corrupted, and, like, it is, yes, part just there's more people, more people die, it's backing up more and more, but also just, like, things have gotten shittier mm. over time. So, like, more hostile ghosts or more ghosts with unresolved business or more ghosts that manifest exist because of the conditions of their life and death.
0: Hmm. I wasn't thinking about that. Okay, well, you're right, Rev. Cam's memory is going to reset anyway and we have no way to even guess when that's going to be. So maybe doing this will reset it on our terms and however long he has, we'll start fresh.
1: Yeah, like Cam, I... I've enjoyed getting to know you. Um, It sucks that we're going to have to reintroduce ourselves. I'm going to say a sentence and I don't. I hope this comes off right. If we could reset you and you remember what you do, say, like, let's take a room on the train and try to make a clean room as we're traveling to the mine. We reset him. He remembers who he is. Even if he's going to go back, let's let him out at the mine to do what he does for a second if he can, because, boy, that place is super haunted. If he could move (laughs) some ghosts on before he reverts back, that'd be awesome. That's a fabulous idea, <laughs> one which I had not considered.
2: Cam, thoughts? Cam's like, yeah, sure. I mean, I, I currently don't know how any of this works, but if that's what I do when I'm able to do it, and I understand how to do it at the time, I mean, like, I I have to, right? It's it's nature.
4: If-
0: <clears throat>
2: She's
4: about to die. Watch what happens. <laughs>
0: <laughs> carry, carry me onward <laughs> and By that I mean my corpse Don't don't leave me behind <laughs> no, <God. laughs> I mean if you're willing to do this I think it would be a way to at least Get you some answers Say we put you in the clean room The corruption goes away Your memories come back You're able to tell us exactly who you are What you are, what you do, what you want You step out of the clean room You lose all your memories again We can answer all your questions that you have right now Oh yeah Yeah we can write it all down
4: I'll guard the door. <laughs> <laughs> I'm helping.
0: Do we have room on the train to do this? Would we have to sacrifice one of our cars? Is, do the Iron Striders have a place for spells?
1: Oh, that like see if they've got a train car that we could use.
0: I was just thinking like a, like a back
3: room or something, like it's an office like op- closet. Have a, yeah,
0: to be oh, like a spare office.
1: I the only reason I want to put them on the train is to release them as close as possible oh. to the mine. Yeah. <laughs>
3: no, that's very very valid. But again, uh, that's.
1: That's uh, who knows. He he might come back and be like, oh, I got to go do the oldest souls first. Like, he might have programming that kicks in we don't know about.
3: He steps out
0: of the clean car and we're like, go get the ghost. And he steps out and loses his memory and he's like, oh, God. Oh, is where am I? Mobbed by ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> that. <laughs> they they eat him oh, and there's no resolution just, for it. yeah he's not reincarnated yep. and he's just gone it's Snake ghosts forever eating
2: its
1: tail for all
2: of history <laughs> that, that part at least you know this corruption needs to like build and take its toll on him before he resets so if you send him out of the clean room with his memories it should take time yeah just less time than it used to but still time yes I'll add this too like you know that kind of the worst shit he has to deal with, the shorter his cycle goes. So if you kick him out as a fresh newborn baby directly into a mine full of hostile ghosts, mm. <laughs> that, that might shorten the cycle Short up. Cycle, yeah. Or, yeah. or maybe not, because if he's following his nature, like, you know, this didn't happen to him in the past. Like, you know, if he's doing
1: what he's supposed to be doing, then maybe it won't fuck him up so bad. Right, like not knowing, the thing we don't know is Cam's personality is that because he's in this way? Like what's his what's his just general vibe when he is the way he's supposed to be? Yeah.
4: Like okay. so far he's so chill that like that's who I want to meet my soul and just be like, Yeah man, come on. <laughs> yeah. What's just like
3: on? a really how's, chill how's bat dude.
4: Yeah. Yes. Oh hey bro. I got I got a milkshake. Come on, let's go. <laughs> well, hell, I like this plan. Do we do you want do you want do you wanna go haggle, see if they have an old train car that we can fix up and hitch up? I also just watched Jake next to a note that says mines colon ghosts right, comma and a minotaur. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm, I'm crossing out a uh, and putting 10, ten <laughs> minotaurs. Yes. And I'm
1: crossing out ghosts. <laughs>
3: if we added a train car to our enchanted train, would it be under...
1: Shh, don't, sh- don't we work. No, not, I
3: have no, to no, ask. No. I have to ask. We were
4: hoping it would just go in seamlessly and not have to address it. You're... you're <laughs> You're putting thoughts in his head. Come on.
1: As long as it goes between two enchanted train cars, we to try to put it on at the end. It's got to, it's got to complete the circuit.
4: There's just
0: a, a train car.
1: Sounds good to me. We could definitely use, like, the study, too, because it seems like that's where, like, a lot of that knowledge and stuff would have to come from anyway if we don't think mm. we could add a train car and have it be magically enchanted.
0: Yeah, let's ask the GM. <laughs> Do we have to sacrifice a car to make a clean room? Or can we just add the clean room tag to one of our existing cars? Mm.
2: You've been looking at my face the whole time you've been talking about this and you think I've got the answer? <laughs> I don't
0: have my glasses on and I don't face you anymore. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't think you've got it, but you got to tell us it. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, Let's I'm- This ha- is
0: your decision. <laughs>
2: I like all the things that you are positing. I'm fine. Like, I don't think you need to sacrifice one. To me, it doesn't sound like making a room a clean room necessitates removing whatever else it's capable of. You can make the dining car a clean room and still eat your food in it, I think. So, <laughs> that'd
3: be preferable. I don't know if it'd be super <laughs> clean.
0: The, clean, more. the well, cleanest room.
2: A magical, a, cl- a magic it's, clean it's room. Like
0: the, it's like the house from Smart House. We eat everything, we throw it on the floor, and we leave, and it just. <laughs> Yeah. Makes it clean.
2: So, yeah, I don't think you need to sacrifice one to turn it into this
1: magic, hermetically sealed chamber.
0: Okay. Well, great. All right. What do we have to do to make this happen, Rev?
1: I think probably some research. Um, because we've done a lot of magic and spells, and we've done a lot of wards as well. And most of those is, well, actually, that kind of, a lot of them are to keep things out. So, this would be just a different kind of thing. So, mechanically, yeah. this is
2: certainly going to be a ritual, sure. Um, which is what we did to make the train weird in the first place. So, it's mostly just me naming a set of things that you need, uh, time, resources, whatever, uh, and determining the level you need to go weird at. For the train, I think we did weird level seven. I think we did the max. I don't think this is that, uh, because you're not doing it to the whole train. But a ritual does require a weird level of at least five. Uh, I'd be inclined to go with six because six causes harm to a creature the size of a wagon. That's like, that's like analogous to a train car. Yeah. Yeah. Fortunately, as far as resources go, I think you're in the best place you could possibly hope to be in this world to gather the resources. You are at the base of the iron striders. They are the preeminent force in dealing with weird shit. They'll have what you need. As far as time, I don't know. I mean, Rev, you've raised good points of like, this is kind of an amalgamation of plenty of stuff you've done before and you've got three variable like forms and forces of weirdness and magic on your squad it doesn't feel like it would take a super long time to me i think in in the scale it provides of minutes to weeks i am I think we're just like looking at a day yeah like okay. i think i think a, a solid day of work would be enough to do this and that would be enough to like really put the finishing touches on it yeah. you know clean it up nice and pretty too um hey, gang,
3: we've been here for 10
1: days nice because there's a lot of like Inscribing runes in the metal and stuff like that, like that's kind of the.
2: I I don't think it's a ton of research. I think it's some research and a lot of just legwork. Yeah. Um. So rolling to go weird at level six, this can be a teamwork. If we want it to be a teamwork, you are all able to help and work towards the common goal. Tass, you were not listed in the roll call of people who could help with this by Rev. So I don't know. Do you think you can participate in the teamwork?
4: I mean. My only argument on this, I don't think I can roll the teamwork, but um, I think part of why it only takes a day is because I have helped with similar things, like with Everett's chopper and things like oh, that. Like sure. As far as physically inscribing and knowing what that stuff looks like, I think that is just part of why it's not a long expenditure of time.
1: I love the idea of like tasks not knowing how to make the runes or what they do, but being able to like, copy them perfectly when given them. Yeah, yeah. Um,
2: he's learned to write in a language without le- ever learning to read yeah. the language yeah. or yeah. understand the language. exactly. Uh, okay, so everybody who intends to roll going weird. Um, again, that is plus soul, plus your weird ability. Uh, if your weird level is below a six, which I believe everyone's is, then you are subtracting the difference from your roll. So like if your weird level is three and you need to roll this at a six, you're rolling it with a minus three. But I think everybody can take a plus one because of where you are, the resources and the support you have from this organization. And you can spend a point of grit and invoke a character aspect to get a plus one on the roll if any of your character aspects feel relevant. And as we determined, you can do that after the roll is made.
3: Great. Boxcars, that's a 13. I got a 10.
2: Seven. Okay, well, no fails. Not that it would matter, though, because we had full successes. And on a 10+, plus, you simply succeed. So, describe for me what happens when you complete this room and how it functions. What it accomplishes.
1: The actual completion of creating the room, like, I imagine us in the car with Cam, and, like, I've got my hand on one of the runes, and we can see, like, that there's a web of runes running around And then Kim with like her her hand on Cam and Megan just in the middle of the room and Megan flaring up and just this magical force pushing out and then me activating the runes as Kim like pushes energy into Cam's head. Like there's just this quick series of events to make everything clean and then close it.
0: What exactly is this room doing and does it affect us at all being weird?
1: So what it's doing is making it so only clean magic is in here. It's keeping mm. out the corruption. So cool. it might make us, like, it, it probably kind of feels nice. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> it's probably like, like breathing slightly more oxygen in your air or something.
1: Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's the intent of it is just for it to be a space that the corruption can't influence the natural magic.
2: I think, like, if this was still Monster of the Week and a spooky was in here, like, this might remove the relevance of their dark side tags or something like it's only clean magic in here bad shit corruption is not getting through all right you set off this effect and you know cam is standing in the fourth corner from all of you and he's like breathing kind of heavily and he starts like inhaling more deeply and inhaling more deeply and you kind of see him like like fluff up like he doesn't get like taller, but it's it's like he gets sturdier. It's like he was dehydrated and he is rehydrated <laughs> now. And he looks at each of you in turn. And you can see that like, even though he's looking at you, he's not precisely looking at you. It's almost like he's looking through you. Like he is taking in a part of you that isn't your physical form. And he says, I, th- I think it worked. I think it worked. How do you feel? So different. It's like putting on an old pair of pants
1: that fit just right. You're looking at us really strangely. You can't, like, see when we're going to die now, can you? Well, I mean...
2: You wear
0: pants?
1: I have... Shut up. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm Look, I'm just trying to put this in terms that you mortals can understand. <laughs> you
3: mere mortals. <laughs> if what you're seeing looks really weird when you look at me, bear in mind I was supposed to die in a future that actually doesn't happen anymore. So, you know, that might be why.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I, I can't see, like, when any of you are going to die or anything, but I can kind of see like the the threads that connect you to death and life you know just like I can I can see the weave kind of
0: what do you remember or I guess is it apparent what you've been made to forget
2: my name is Kamazots. i'm I'm the death bat I'm not exactly the reaper I'm not exactly the ferryman i'm'm I'm, I'm a little bit of both I guess I am supposed to monitor the underworld I'm supposed to take people through when they pass and I haven't been able to do it for a long time long time. This world is sick. This uh, this world needs me. I need to get out there.
4: I imagined that pull would be very strong if you got all this back. I don't have any extremely compelling argument to just stay with us for a while aside from essentially I think we're here to stop whatever this corruption is, like ultimately find the things we need and, and hope that that helps here. Because if you go back out there and start doing your job, that's great, but you're just going to lose it again soon. You're going to go right back to square one. And if you're not with us to reset, then you're just going to be kind of lost in the wilderness until we either do what we've come to do or, well, you're lost in the wilderness forever because we get killed in the process.
3: Well, if you can see the weave, is there a possibility that you go out in the world and start doing what you're doing and I don't know have a note in your chaps that says like when you start forgetting stuff come back to us to recharge
2: we can tattoo it on your arm
3: if lost please return to
2: that's the thing I don't start forgetting I just forget yeah and the first time it happened wasn't by accident
0: The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.
5: Friends, half-orcs, countrymen, lend me your pointy ears! Of Mice and Men and Monsters is a podcast which combines the art and beauty of classic literature with the fun of Dungeons & Dragons roleplay. These episodes are led by me, Kate your Master Teacher, which is Dungeon Master meets High School English Teacher. We take on quests in these fascinating worlds, meeting and adventuring with the greatest literary characters of all time. Solving puzzles set up by the dubious Dr. Frankenstein.
2: One eye is Put over there head. and the other eye is rolled over exactly there. Exactly right.
5: Hunting Moby Dick alongside Captain Ahab. <laughs> I've rolled a one. Are oh, you so, rolled a so. one! Of Mice and Men and Monsters is a faithful yet irreverent way to interact with the stories which have influenced us for centuries. Plus, it's a much more exciting way to experience literature than writing an essay. Essays don't have swords which burst into flame, or poop monsters hiding in toilets. Anybody got some poop for me? A new episode of Of Mice and Men and Monsters is released every other Wednesday, wherever you listen to podcasts.